Hello and welcome to Viva Pod Vegas. Oh, thank you very much for listening. This is episode 13. It happened at the World's Fair from 1963. 1963. I'm jo- We're in 1963 now. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Monty. And we are in Seattle, which we both clearly thought was definitely... I, don't, I didn't look at our guesses. I don't think we said <laughs> nope, Seattle. Nope. I think historically, famously... Queens. Queens. World's Fair, wasn't it? In Flushing, Queens, or am I? There crazy? was one in Queens. There was this. The, the, this is they filmed part of this at the World's Fair. Yes, but there was the World's Fair in Chicago around the turn of the century where there was the serial killer. Then there was Wait. a World's Fair. <laughs> Wait, you know about that? <laughs> That's what the Devil in this... White City is about. <laughs> oh, that Leonardo DiCaprio Scorsese thing that like they maybe backed oh. out of it. Maybe and that was Keanu. Then Keanu backed out of it. All right, has this turned into serial? You're listening to serial. I wish I had that drop. I had that drop. <laughs> I could do this. Um, okay. You got to get crickets chirping. Oops, wrong one. <laughs> Never mind. It comes preloaded. Um, we are here talking about it happened at the World's Fair from 1963. This is the latest Elvis Presley film in our canon so far. Yeah. Mike and Danny hitch a ride to the World's Fair in Seattle after the sheriff seizes their crop duster biplane to cover Danny's gambling debts. Mike looks after the driver's seven-year-old niece, or as IMDb says, seven-Y-O niece at the fair, where he meets a cute nurse. Yes. Here's a that's question. That's it? That's, that's, the, that's the log line for... Then nothing about how the uncle goes missing and Elvis has to become Sue de Lynn? facto father for the rest of the movie. No. and. Shields her from gambling, and then Sue Lin helps him get the nurse in the end after Elvis is revealed to be a big fat liar? Nope. Huh? None of that. Here's a trivia question for you, and I feel like we might have done this, but we do, we do these so few and far between that if, okay. if, if we did, I forgot, which probably means you forgot too. Do you want to guess the top four films on IMDb when you go to Elvis Presley's page, the four he is most known for? One of them. Okay. This is not one of them. Okay. We've covered three of them so far. Okay. The one we've not covered just because you're never going to get it is Tickle Me, which seems wild Dude, when it's in there. <laughs> wait. <laughs> the one that, like, somehow we glossed over, like, we were not doing our jobs when we started Tickle this. Me? Tickle Me. Like, we clearly looked at all of his movies multiple times, and that never crossed our mind as, like, what? Okay, so Tickle Me is one of them. Tickle Me is number two or number three. I don't know how that, I don't know if it goes, like, I don't know if it goes That's one, crazy. two, three, four, or one, two, three, four. I would guess it's probably number so, two. Viva Las Vegas is not one of them. No, sir. That's wild. So well, I, guess, I mean, it could have been, but I, no, it's not. I got to say Jailhouse Rock. Nope. Really? I'm Blue, only bringing this up because it's insane. Okay, Blue Hawaii? Number three. Um, hmm... Okay, not yeah, King Creole. No, nope. you would think. Nope, you would think the best movie nope. so far. Correct. Probably the best movie he's ever going to make. Correct. Oh boy, what were some of those westerns? What was the one when he married his cousin? Which kissing cousins? Did we watch that one? Yet? I don't know. No, no, the other one where he was. Um, oh, I can't now. Now I can't remember the. So titles. here's here's the okay, movies. Hit me, hit me. Here's the movies in order that we've we done them. So from okay. the beginning, Love Me Tender. Oh, that's one of them. Loving You. No. Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. King Creole. Uh-huh. GI Blues. Flaming Star, Wild in the Country, okay. Blue Hawaii. Okay, okay. We took a diversion for Elvis. Follow that dream, Kid Galahad, Girls, Girls, Girls in this movie. All right, you got to tell me. <laughs> Number four, GI Blues. Okay, that, that makes sense. Sure. Okay. Then which one am I missing? Number three, Blue Hawaii. Number two, Tickle Me. Number one, Boats, Boats, Boats. That is insane. Girls, Girls, Girls. I will say, I was I was looking, and I'm, I'm so disappointed in myself. That I didn't remember this, but I'm like, why do I have Girls, Girls, Girls as my number three movie 
on because Letterbox because it's one of the best. Because yes, Return of Sender is also in it, but also if you'll remember the scene, yep, the, the kitchen. walls have ears. Yep, yep. And so they should. We should. We should sell. Okay. All right. I have an idea for a shirt. Instead of girls, 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 it's boats, boats, boats. That's the shirt. Boats, boats, boats. It's the same. It's the same font, yeah. but it just says boats, boats, boats. Uh huh. And if we can't use ease likeness, we don't have to have them on the thing. They'll know what it means. So we could use just like who will know what what means? I don't think anybody will know what anything means. <laughs> I'll know. I and do I'll like happy. that you have said on three or four different episodes as you are plugging that you've called the boats. You've you've seeded the word calling it boats, boats, boats. It's true. It's like uh, it's like when I tagged Uncle Francis, you know, like it just I'm happens. I'm surprised that document journalist has not gotten back to us yet for wrench, for mentioning him as Uncle Francis. He's scared. And hashtag Cage Club in like out of context. And they never got back to us. Well, we'll so. see what happens in the new year. We will find out. It's coming up the new year. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, historically, you and I pre-COVID would go to the mall near yeah, you, the Garden State Plaza and Triple Feature. There's like two total movies coming out this month that I want to see. Like I there's, see there's the, nothing. I want to see the Spielberg movie. Fableman's, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that yet? Not yet. Okay. Two and a half hours long. Well, it's worth it for Spielberg to see how he grew sure. up, I guess. <laughs> so the tagline, there's only one tagline for oh. It Happened at the World's Fair. Are you ready for it? I, I never. Makes it sound like Spider-Man. Swinging higher... Mm. Then the Space Needle mm. with the gals and the songs at the famous World's Fair. That's long, but okay. Yeah. There this, you go. This is the fourth film collaboration between Elvis and director Norman Torog. Yes. I can, think you, they, can you name the other ones? Uh, I cannot. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm tasking with I'm just gonna impossible say, things. I'm going to say um, the one in Florida where they, did, uh, where they claimed the land. Which one was that one? That would have been Follow That Dream? Yeah. Incorrect. Um, boats, I'm, Boats, Boats? Boats, Boats, Boats. And the most recent episode, Boats, Boats, Boats. Blue Hawaii? Blue Hawaii. And? And G.I. Blues. G.I. Blues. Okay. He's got kind of a style. By the way, this one, very nice, clean copy. This, okay. I think it looks like a really nice Elvis movie. That also might just be because like they had a better print that they scanned the DVD from, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. But, like, yeah. it, it's compared to other movies we've watched, mm-hmm. it's a good looking movie. Yeah, I thought so. Clean. So, unfortunately for Norman Torog, if, if you remember Norman Torog last episode, he terrorized Stella Stevens as Robin Gantner last movie and, mm. like, made her life miserable. She's like, I don't want to work with this guy anymore. Dick. <laughs> Here, Vicky Tu, this is the only movie she's ever been in, Sun, uh, Sun Lin, Sue Lin. Oh, the, okay. The little girl. Okay. Um, she said, after the fact... And I'll get to her thing, but I want to mention while we're talking about Norman Torog. She said Elvis was a joy to work with, but she hated working with Norman Torog. He got real tears from her by telling her that her beloved grandmother just died. Oh, no. That is not how you direct. No. That's how he directs. So that's two movies in a row where someone, like a woman, I mean, this in this case, a little girl. A little girl. She's like eight. Mm-hmm, was just like, he was miserable to work with. That's, you really got to be a miserable guy for like, a, oh, man. Terrible. Ugh. We got Elvis here as Mike Edwards. Very excited that we had a Mike. Yeah. Were you excited that I he was, was Mike? I, sh- I jumped up in joy. I was like, oh, I hope he plays a Joey someday. <laughs> I looked and he's not. He's played a he's played a, a wild list of, of actor names. I'll say this. He doesn't look like a Mike to me. I never, maybe that's just because like, I don't know. But I've had friends that are named Mike. I have a couple of friends named Mike. So. When you take notes about these movies, do you write down his character name or do you write down Elvis? 
Because I write an Elvis. I usually just write down E. Okay, that's yeah, easier. But I mean, I write his character name down once, but then I just usually... And I, in my day-to-day life, I refer to him as E, and people are sometimes are like, who are you talking about? I was like, I'm sorry. Elvis. I'm talking about Elvis Presley. Here's the name. Here's the list of character names, first names he's played. Clint, Deke, Vince, Danny, Tulsa, Pacer, Glenn, Chad, Toby, Walter, Ross, and Mike. What? See, Mike just feels too plain like I, he needs to be like butch or he needs like a nickname you know like he, he <laughs> biff <laughs> biff would be pretty good i don't I, I didn't go further i don't know if he ever plays a joey okay hopefully yeah fingers are crossed also just be cool if he just had like 18 other like wild ass 60s names exactly i don't know why that gets me so excited it's like in and on uh my on monsters tomatoes with dan like one one of the characters was uh, Daniel the Hunchback, and I was like, "Dan, you're so lucky you got like a monster named after you." Well, we you. talked. I made such a big deal on a score to settle where Cage's son is named Joey, and he screams my name yes. the entire movie. I'm like, "This yes. is great." He doesn't play. He I mean he played he played Joe. That's right. He was the Joe, the titular the, Joe. Uh, we got Joan O'Brien here as Diane Warren, a nurse and Mike's love interest. There's not a lot about her online. She just was a co-star with Cary Grant, Elvis, John Wayne, Jerry Lewis. She acted with all those dudes. Oh, wow. But it feels okay. like if you were acting in the 50s, you were probably acting with those dudes anyway. Seems like that. She, yeah, she's good, though. I'm sure you recognize Gary Lockwood as Danny Burke, Mike's gambling addicted business partner. No. Oh, he's Frank in 2001. Holy he's like one shit. of the main dudes in 2001. This guy's actually a good actor. He's like a, like a solid actor. Kubrick saw this and was like, you know, oh, well, this is after. So No, it's, this is 64. That was like 68, right? Or 69? I thought that was 61. Hold We're on. Gonna, hold on, folks. We're gonna, I'm going to have to consult my Leonard Maul in 2005. 2001 uh, was 1968. This, is, this, is, wow. this predates. I'm there off was, tonight. Can you imagine if you did 2001 and then you did this? That's not, that's not career scale. I wonder if Kubrick saw, was watching everything, you know, and was just like... Once he hired him, was like, I wonder what else he's done. And he, so I love the idea that Kubrick saw this movie. And he's like, you know what? There's a lot of space in this. Uh-huh. You know, maybe Kubrick was like, I'm making a space movie. This guy has... Uh... More realistically, I mean, I don't know how long it took to film 2001. Probably a long... We know that it took 400 days to film Eyes Wide Shut, right? Like we talked right, about that right. on Cruise Club. Yeah, it takes him years. I would imagine it took him forever to film 2001. But Gary Lockwood was also Commander Gary Mitchell in the Star Trek second pilot yes. where no man has gone before. So we, I think it was the, the most recent episode someone played in the original pilot that like wasn't a pilot, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's in the, I guess, the actual pilot. Interesting. Very fun. He was also in Wild in the Country, which I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember that. Seventh build. Well, that's okay. I wonder, on the call sheet, <laughs> he didn't have to show up for a couple hours. Vicky, too, as Sue Lynn, a young girl who might be friends. Um, yes. So her sisters and her brother were in Boats, Boats, Boats. Oh, okay. The, um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that scene. This is her only film credit. When she moved to San Francisco as a teenager, she and her friends started a travel agency. But the most noteworthy thing about her as a woman, as a person, she's an American businesswoman and politician who was the first lady of Hawaii from 1997 to 2002, she and Governor Ben Cayetano were married in May 97, and she ran for Hawaii's governor race, or she was in, she was not mm-hmm. elected, but she ran for this year, 2022 Hawaii gubernatorial election. Interesting. So she's like a Hawaiian politician. Like she's there's, still active. There's still active, and like she has helped create like 
historical landmarks and stuff. And like she's done actual stuff in Hawaii. She just also made a movie oh, about this. If I was Baz Luhrmann, I'd have tracked her down and put her in that movie somewhere. Seriously. Somehow and like cast everybody who's still alive that was ever in an Elvis movie. <laughs> Get them in there. Also, just be like, hey, the, the captain's like, we can't go to Japan, but we go to Hawaii. That's what they did, you know. That Elvis, that is as far as I can go. I am not allowed to leave, you see. And then I can, I can never come back. We got Yvonne Craig as Dorothy Johnson, another of Mike's love interests. She was known. Do you recognize her? Mm, the first girl? Uh, yes, the one yeah, from with, Relax. With the girl. The with, brunette. Yeah, where the dad comes out with the shotgun. Yeah. I No, she doesn't seem like Elvis's type, though. But. So she was in Kissing Cousins at some role. Okay. She was also in Star Trek as the green-skinned Orion Marta. Oh, cool. But most notably, she was Batgirl in Adam West. Get the hell. That was, that's Batgirl, I should have known and that. And the spin-off Batgirl series, too. Oh, my gosh. She doesn't look anything like that in, in the Batman series, but that that's incredible. I love it. She's a very thin waist. Like, her dress, did oh. you see, like, I mean, like, all, like... Joey. Yeah. I I must have caught it from you. She's hair got, blindness? She's got red hair in that show, and she wears the Batgirl suit and everything, and when, when she's Barbara Gordon, she's got the glasses and the hair up. Like, I'm caught by the, the disguise. It's got me. Um, we got Dorothy Green as Miss Ettinger. I don't know if that's the other nurse or whoever. She was in small parts in The Big Heat and then just because I looked at everybody and like all these people are in movies that I've never heard of, never seen, whatever. And she was in two movies that I, you know, noteworthy. Yeah, that's always fun. And then like the most famous man of all. Oh, couldn't believe it. I knew he was in one of them. I didn't, didn't know it was this know, movie. Didn't know it was this. Two scenes as boy kicking Mike. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Also, supposedly Goldie Hawn somewhere in this movie. I don't know if she is or not, but that seems like a coincidence. Uh, that does, I don't get believe the that. hell out of here. Unless it was just like visiting the World Fair as an extra. I wonder about that sometimes, like, the, you know, how they shot this World Fair So stuff. they shot this on location. So yeah. as with all of his films, leaving shots and not everything, because there's like there's the when the pedicab and like there's very clearly like a green screen or back, whatever kind of whatever they did back then. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but they filmed on location, at least for part of it. And like he was just surrounded by a loud public fan base. So they made him playing an anonymous character very difficult. And they also yeah. got the sense, like, at the very end of the movie, when, like, maybe it's not the very end when of the movie. When they sing but goodbye? No, no, no. no. Okay. Great, by the way. <laughs> Happy ending. <laughs> Beautiful. But, no, there's a scene where, like, it, he's in the pedicab, I think, again, and people are walking by and, like, staring at him for a little bit too mm -hmm. long. And I'm like, are you actors? Are you not? I don't know. I think there was probably a, a, a call of like, hey, we're filming a movie. It's an Elvis movie. We're at the World's Fair. Like, it's something to do at the World's Fair. Mm -hmm. Like, movies, the wave of the future, whatever. Uh, so, like, be in a movie at the World's Fair. See Elvis. But, like, keep, keep, your, moving. Shit, keep your shit together. Right. And people were just not keeping it moving. So, it also leads me to wonder if they shot a scene, the night scene, where she goes, when uh, the girl runs away and she goes to hide at the world's fair at night. I wonder if they included that so that they could actually shoot at the world's fair without anybody around, you know, and show like what it's like maybe without anybody crowding it and crowding Elvis. So uh, the film was especially challenging because so much continual presence in a heavily attended location was required as part of the story. So like they knew that like this is because like 1962, like the World's Fair, wherever it is, whenever yeah. it is, is going to be like the place to yeah. be. It's like, oh, by the way, the most famous man in the world is going to be filming a movie here. This is a logistical nightmare. Like never make a movie. Like this was the worst idea for a, a plot. Like if the, they probably didn't realize it, you know, but it's like one of those things about filmmaking where it's like, yeah, let's film at the World's Fair. We're going right. to shoot a movie there and you get there and you're like, this is uh, terrible. It's a good idea and it's terrible in practice and reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, oh but, boy. you know, it's probably the colonel 
the colonel selling it like, we must shoot at the world's fair. It will not be here forever. Like me and you, we yeah. will transcend time and Love space. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Sorry. So there, I was very excited because there's actually finally a soundtrack on Spotify. All 10 songs in the movie are in one order. Because like it used Ooh. to be like there were singles, there were EPs, there were whatever. Like you have to like pick and choose from here. All 10 songs in the order that they're released in the movie, that they play in the movie. They're all on IMDb uncredited because I don't think in the credits they list the songs. Uh -huh. But they're all 10 on the cool. It Happened in the World's Fair soundtrack if you want to listen to these on Spotify. Some good songs. Some, some, Do you think? Some, uh, I like one or two. I like where one started. I didn't like where it went. Okay. I, I like the the one with Batgirl. I like that song. Where, That's my favorite song in the movie. And there was one at the end. I can't remember which. I have to look. We'll, we'll get through that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work our way through. But I felt like this was one of the better Elvis movies with like some of the like not bad but like forgettable songs. Okay, that's fair. Because I think for the first time, even though uh -huh. I know it's a segment, I was listening to each song like, do I like this better than the previous song? And the answer is almost always no. So I was, I'm, I'm now watching it going like, does this song make sense to be sung and be singing also right that, now? Yes. And the answer is, wait, you say no or you say yes? Well. It depends. Like at one point, we can read Elvis's mind, and he's singing a song. To we'll himself. get there. <laughs> but I do. I'm, I'm always impressed. We talk about it every episode by the way that they just like have a guitar around. Oh, totally. And it still feels pretty natural. Just, just have them walk by a music shop or something, or like selling guitars on the street. Something. They don't do the radio trick here, where they're like, that's, "Oh, the song's on the radio." Yeah, that's refreshing. Nice. I can't wait to talk about the trailer park, though. That is. That was great. That, Incredible. The trailer park and maybe dinner. Dinner. <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> Absolute chef's kiss. Just really funny. Oh! So the first song in the movie is Beyond the Bend. Elvis is singing this while piloting an open-topped plane to open the movie, co-piloting with someone as they're crop dusting potatoes in Bessie, and he's flirting from women in a car from the skies in a first for Elvis, and I absolutely love that. This opening sequence might be the best opening. So it's so cool how we go from, like, the opening sequence in the... I think in Kid Gallahan, he's, like, singing on the back of the truck. I thought that was fun and dangerous. Yep. Then we have Boats, Boats, Boats. That yep. was fun and dangerous, and how dangerous that movie... Yep. This is, like... Fucking last action hero dangerous. This is amazing to watch. They this. have Elvis just sitting in the plane, smiling, singing a song to open like, the movie. This is how Tom Cruise comes to work. Yeah. Is what I was thinking. But he's in the plane, not on the plane. But yes. Yes. You know. But yeah, so he's there with Frank from 2001. What's the character's name in here? Danny. Danny Burke. Yes, Danny yeah. Burke. Yeah. And I thought Elvis was flying this plane solo. He's like co-piloting it, but they're crop dusting. Right. And I'm like, this is wild. This is crazy. Elvis the pilot. I don't think I ever in a million years. I mean, we should I should think bigger when I when it comes to that. But it, it's fun. But I, I like thinking smaller because we always get surprised. Good point. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, he met a, there's two girls. He doesn't know. And he sings some songs. And it's just yeah. like, he's in a plane. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> even though like this opening is incredible like the stunt work's amazing like there's some real stunt going on here where the crop duster flies down to the highway and next to the car yes. filled with women and it's clearly real for yeah. a couple shots uh -huh. and <laughs> so mind-blowing El elvis you know in the last movie in like multiple dangerous boat sequences yeah or even if it's not him if it's like a, it's a wide shot there's someone there who's like this is not a safe it's a stunt it's a stunt this yeah. is norman torog being like we're gonna we're gonna get the shots like why this I is know. elvis what are you doing who knows but it's beautiful and uh you know I, here's the thing though like we'll get maybe a little more into it i'll just say my piece now is like i kind of think they waste elvis as a pilot 
You know, like there's a lot more kind of shenanigans if him if he was to be a pilot throughout the whole movie and that was the movie, like planes, planes, planes or something like that. Well, I think they do what they do in almost every Elvis movie, just like I could take or leave what I have. It's almost like, okay, we're going to be like, uh, you know, let's just say like Elvis is a mailman now, you know, and like that's how the movie starts out. And then like something happens, he loses his job and he has to like get by on singing and wooing a woman and like trying to find like a makeshift family. Yes. And that's what the movie turns into. And it it does. Like that's every single time, right? It's just like, oh, he's a career that he had never been before and then sort of gives it up and is willing to give it up because he has, he finds the love or he convinces a woman to love him convinces like he's very he's a little lecherous i hate to yeah he's kind of peppy le pew you know i hate to admit it but what i what i do love about elvis though and i was thinking about this on the way up here in terms of michael jackson i thought about this one i thought about on the way up here whoa okay i think when you're the most famous person in the world or one of the most famous people in the world and like you it's hard like everybody wants something from you or everybody expects something from you or everyone you owe something to or whatever the only people that were left are kids. Mm-hmm. And you know how like Michael Jackson was best friends with, like Macaulay Culkin. Right. We've seen multiple times now Elvis and kids in movies get along really well. True. And I wonder if it's just because they don't realize the magnitude of like Elvis. That's an interesting Because I point. think yeah. I think this I like movie, that. him and Sue Lin, is incredible. Yeah. And he's always kind of leaned toward children a lot in the films recently, I feel, you know. And I mean, I think it started at G.I. Blues with the babysitting thing. But yeah, like kids have been popping up, kids in blue Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that about Elvis too. Like, I think he's great with kids. And I think that there is something genuine. Like, toward the end of the movie, there will be like some duplicity and some trickery and everything. But like, Elvis stays true to the fact that like he cares about Sue Lin. He's not putting on an act to impress Diane. He's like, I care about this girl. I want to make sure that she's okay. And that carries through because he's good with her and you see him on screen but like i think that like even though they portray him sometimes as like a little grabby a little kissy or whatever even though they're like hey who wouldn't want it he's elvis yeah at the same time he's like he's still a good guy who cares about this little girl's safety yes true yeah they do they do a good job of showing you know his true intentions right like mm-hmm. you know he's not the gambling um degenerate that his friend is whatsoever like deep down he's really just he wants to kind of like settle down and start a family really and like he's just anxious to do that it seems because we find out in this very opening scene that his co-pilot has money trouble he's stealing from them like their shared savings or whatever to gamble he's down like a thousand bucks like he is in a bad way and elvis just seems to be like Hey, all I need is a little bit of money. Elvis is like the actual actor's wardrobe cost 10 grand in this movie, which I don't Whoa. know why. Cause like, they're just, I mean, they're nice suits, but they're just suits. Like, it's just like, what are you yeah. spending the money on? And it's weird that that's $10,000 in 1963 money. It's part of his character too, where it's like his, his one friend is a gambler and that's what he spends his money on. And Elvis spends his money on nice threads and nice women, you know, like mm-hmm. things like, it's like, okay, why did you throw that thing about the clothes in though? Oh, maybe because like we need to sell these clothes cause we've paid a lot of money for them or something like we got to show him off uh that was a weird thing to do because it doesn't really fit his character either i would have loved to have seen him in like that jacket the bomber jacket the mm, whole movie mm-hmm. that would have been cool maybe that jacket cost ninety five hundred dollars <laughs> and the hat at auction right now Ooh. is probably like a mill oh there is we'll get to the kurt russell thing but when he, in the rock and roll hall of fame and the elvis exhibit this screenplay is in there oh and it's open to the page where kurt russell oh that's kicks cool. him in the shin. Oh. so like it's not like the bomber jacket but like this movie is represented in like his career that's cool in a museum good so far it's one of the better movies i thought 
I have it. So I have it right now. I have King Creole number one again yeah, forever. I think. Yeah. And then I think I have Blue Hawaii, even though I don't know if I could back that up. Then number three is Boats, 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 just because of the walls have ears. No, it's and then some I great have, sequences. Then I have this. Okay. Which is solid, I think. Yeah. Because at a certain point, this movie just like it's another Elvis movie. But like, there's good stuff in here, and I think it again the print does favors for it, and the fact that like, remember, was it uh, follow that dream or whatever? What was the box? Okay, Galahad. Okay. Where I was messaging, I'm like, I don't know what this movie's about, because like I'm like halfway through, I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is a very straightforward mm-hmm. Elvis, just a dude who mm-hmm. wants to get with a woman of whoever, just any woman, mm-hmm. and has a girl to take care of, and like his partner. Like, it's a very straightforward in a good way. Yeah. There's still some some weird things still happen, like. They they're hitchhiking and they get picked up by the man you know mm-hmm. the, the guy with his niece Uncle Walter and they just met Elvis but I, I, they did they like, just meet Elvis or they know him from town I don't think so. I don't know it seems because like, they know his name is Mike I don't know I don't, it felt like okay it, it felt like that they makes knew it him but I don't know I I was running off of the the idea that. They just picked up these hitchhikers. I thought they were strangers, and then they're like, oh, you know, Mike, can I get in the back with Mike? And just like, okay. No, yeah, and he's like, go sit with the stranger. So, like, it was a little weird on that end, you know? And then right. the other thing of, like, um, can you watch my niece all day? I just met you, that kind of So it would be better if I maybe I missed a line or something where it was like they no, knew this guy from town. There was like no that. line missed, I don't think. Okay. I just got the, I got the impression, I got the implied impression they knew him. All right, okay. I hope they did because it seemed like they just met. <laughs> that was like kind of it was kind of confusing. So the second song in the movie is the song "Relax," which comes about nine minutes in, and this is when he's convincing Batgirl, who he calls Shirley, and then says Dorothy to not make iced tea and instead make out with him on the couch. Yes. So we show sort of the darker side of his character. Mm-hmm. What What's amazing to me, and I think that they double down on it later, like he just doesn't know, he doesn't care, he doesn't remember names. But he says he calls her Shirley, and she's like, "My name's Dorothy," and like he doesn't say, "Oh, oh Shirley, you're Dorothy," or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't do the, the mm-hmm. obvious oh, joke. That he just like fun. he's like, "Oh yeah, Dorothy." That's what I mean. Just like, no, there's a very no. easy way to like. That's one of the very few names you could like. Oh no, and don't call me Shirley, right? You know what I mean? Like exactly. that's, that's the airplane joke that he wow. could have played off, but he just like, "Oh yeah, uh, Dorothy." Well, that's surprising. I didn't catch that. That would have been great. Yeah, Pun- punching it up, Joe. This is a little bit not rapey because yes, like is. it's. The, I think the song actually dials it back a little bit. Mm. I think the sequence before it, when he's just like, no, k- stay here and kiss me. But, and then, like, they get a little fun with it. But it's just like, this is not, it's the best song in the movie. Yes. But the sequence is rough. Mm. It reminds me of, like, the Keelan Peel version of Baby It's Cold Outside. Mm-hmm. And that skit, you know, when it's like, you wanted me to stay. And she starts, like, beating him at the end. It's like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I get a really tough... Uh, it's a really tough situation these days, but you know. But luckily, before things get too bad, right? Mom and dad walk through the door, and he calls them also, mom and dad. Oh, hey, mom, hey, dad. <laughs> and the dad is furious. I'm gonna go get my gun. And we have one of the best bits of physical oh comedy in any any Elvis movie yet. Elvis walks through a screen door. That like for no reason too. Like he just he's just like I'm gotta go. And I think that <laughs> this is a very different Elvis. The Elvis in the scene is a different Elvis from the rest of the movie. Mm. This is like a doofy comedy Elvis, and the rest of the movie is kind of a grounded good guy. Yeah, he's never this, like, mean again. Like, not that he's mean, but he's coming off as, like, very kind of, like, what? You know what I'm trying to say? Well, he's like Danny in this scene. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, when Danny's at the bar and he gets hired by the guy who wants him to smuggle furs, he's like, hey, what's the name of the 
the the doll of the bar or whatever because he, he doesn't remember yeah. girls names because he's just there to use people right it's like i'm gonna get her to call it whatever like this feels like out of character for elvis right and it, i like the sequence because it's a good song but it doesn't feel in line with the rest of his character i agree with that yeah he's he's not this much of a hound the rest of the movie no hound dog oh um elvis and trying to get his co-pilot out of a poker debt yeah. danny Gets mm-hmm. into a backroom brawl, and this is a oh, good yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah, nice brawl, good, good physical action. He does the karate chop, and I knew that he would do karate on stage. I don't know if I knew that he was a karate guy, but like, like the kicks and the punches that he's giving and taking here look good. Yeah, it looks like he's having fun that he's putting in the effort. You know, like it looks like he's working, and I appreciate that. Elvis always kind of looks like Elvis so far has shown up. For everything you know what i'm saying yeah. by that like mm-hmm. it doesn't look like he's ever phoned it in or dialed it in or any but it it always seems like he's doing his best it might not be good enough for everything but like it, he's doing his best and i like that one scene after he walks through a screen door he then leaves this building by walking out or climbing out a window i'm just like elvis <laughs> use a door like a human being <laughs> he doesn't understand i don't get well you know portals i don't i don't get it they fly home the sheriff hassles them immediately upon landing and he impounds the the bessie bessie the plane because they owe like 1200 bucks right yeah so they have to find some more work i was also thinking like so they they he skips out of these gambling debts i'm just like back then like pre-internet like you just go to a different town you're like oh no i'm just a different like you can yeah. never find me yeah but like no they're hassled wherever they go yeah they were like waiting for him and and this sheriff is like this sheriff knew him for yeah. sure you yeah. know mm-hmm. and they're like you don't skip out on your gambling debts that's that's not manly yeah <laughs> it's like sorry so then they're like, we gotta, we gotta figure out a way to make money. Let's go to Seattle where things are happening. Let's go to the World's Fair. Or no, they don't say to go to Seattle. They just need to get out no, of town. Yeah, yeah. They get, they, they start hitchhiking and then they end up at the World's Fair. Yes. And so where they, it happens, the room where it happens. That's a Hamilton reference. So Sue Lynn and Uncle <laughs> Walter pick them up on route to Seattle in the World's Fair. Um, she's got a little ukulele or a little mini guitar that yes. he's just, just coincidentally mm-hmm. that he starts to well, tune. You know, that was a good use of, you know, whether or not yeah. that we should start singing yet. But what was an issue is that like, is this when he starts playing the ukulele and like a full band accompanies him somehow? He's singing, take me to the fair and teaching Sue what the world's fair is. And I think that's where the backing band comes in. Yeah. And they're in the back of the truck. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of hard. It would have been fun. It would have been a real Mel Brooks moment if they panned over to the other side of the back of the pickup truck and there was a full band set up in the back of the truck playing along with him, accompanying just for that ride. Would have been great. But alas. So then they get to the World's Fair and immediately Uncle Walter's like, well, I got to go do something. And then he's like, oh, Elvis can stay here, your kid. Like, and he does. But just like, <laughs> what a collection of events to like. It's right. Like, it's like, how do I get Elvis with the kid? I need to get rid of both of them. Well, errand and gambling. OK, that's that's fine. I just feel like, like these movies come out. This is an this is assembly line shit. Like I feel like before studios really figured it out for this era, but like mm-hmm. they don't. It's it just bothers me sometimes that like they really don't care how contrived these situations are. Like if they just thought a little bit longer and gave yep. it a couple more weeks and gave it another pass, like you could come up with a way better situation for Elvis. If you want Elvis to babysit someone at the World's Fair, there's a way better but way. But they to don't get care. Here. But they, they don't care. Because once it happens, like, you don't care how you got there. It's just like Elvis is bringing a little girl around the World's Fair, and but that's I, all that matters. But I care. I know. And it's not that— But it, you're also watching this 60 years after it came out and having seen— Like, you've seen more movies than, like, have maybe come out at this point. No, I know, I know. And, you know, I understand audiences at the time and now and all that. But, like, it just— 
you know, I don't know. I just wish they put in a little more effort. But I see where there there is effort in other places, so sure. I appreciate that. Elvis's real-life best friend, Diamond Joe Esposito, is the guy who gives Sulin the red stuffed dog. Okay. That's Elvis's best friend. And so then we get up, we what we, we wind up in what always felt inevitable, where he's torn between chasing women and babysitting this girl. Right. Because they're on like the monorail going around. Which is cool. And she's like, look at the Ferris wheel. It goes around and around. And he's like watching a girl's butt go up and down. Yeah, right. Come on, E. And she gets a stomachache from eating too much, and that's how they end up in the infirmary the first time And when he meets the Elvis nurse. blames us on her, but, like, he's the one giving her all of them. I know. Well, I mean, he just, he doesn't deny, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, ultimately, he's just going to hand her off at the end of the day back to her uncle. Mm-hmm. So, like, let him deal with her getting sick and not eating. There I mean, was, not sleeping. There was a point, because he is, he's not Uncle Mike, but he's basically acting like Uncle Mike. Yeah. And yourself and uncle mike i right. i'm sure there's times where you're just like we're gonna live fast die, like yeah whatever just like and we're gonna you're gonna have a great day and i yeah. don't care if you're all like cracked out on sugar and movies and whatever but when i drop you off at your mom's house because like right that's not my responsibility no. like i'm gonna have a good day and if you have a stomachache tonight sorry man not my problem i think you nailed it you know that's exactly right that's how i become the funkle that's not every time but you know there are times so then at the infirmary, there's the older nurse who takes Sue Lin, and then nurse Diane Warren. Do you know Diane Warren, like the songwriter, like one of the most famous songwriters of all time? So I'm sorry to say no. She's written so many, so many songs. Let me let me bring up her, her credits here. But I was just like, it's so weird that there is a character who is just... Named after a famous song. Not songwriter. named Not after, that, just but coincidentally. Has a name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like... How when we were watching Triple X Three, there's like the town of Chevy Chase, and then there's a guy named Chevy Chase. Yes, <laughs> she's written nine number one songs and thirty two top ten. If I could turn back time, because wow. you love me, how do I live? I don't want to miss a thing. Like she's written Whoa. enormous songs. So for this nurse to be like, my name's Diane Warren. She's like, okay. But so this becomes, isn't her. This is a. This is no, just. No, no. A, <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. Diane Warren was born in '56, so she would have been okay. seven when this came out. Six or seven. All right. I'm sure she was still talented at seven. I'm sure. Probably already playing music, loving Elvis. Yeah. She's I, point. I guarantee you that the real Diane Warren listened to Elvis songs the year this came out. Yeah. Maybe saw this movie and she's like, that's me. Yeah, the little girl up there. And be like, I'm the little girl, but the nurse has my name. So, like, I'm all over this movie. And I'm not going to go to space. I'm going to write songs about I don't want to miss a thing where other people oh. go to space. So, dude, when they said space, I just... Like love this movie ten times more when we get into the space stuff. It's so fun. The space, the space satorium, the the space. We gotta get Elvis in our whatever. Space. We gotta get him in our astronaut E. I need it. Him on Mars. Oh my god, it's coming. So then Nurse Diana Warren comes out, and Elvis becomes smitten and lecherous, and is like, "Look in my like his whole like look in my eye, look in my eye." As he's getting closer, and just yeah. like this is kind of creepy. Just from one eye to the other, right. Then she gets fed up with him. She kicks him out while Su Lin is fine. They leave the fair, and he's singing. This is the song you were talking about before. They remind me too much of you, where he's not singing. We just hear him thinking of a song. I just, I, it blows my mind. This is the like, first time we've seen this, right? Oh, yeah. And I think this is the first and only time. I've ever seen someone, like, kind of wistfully thinking to themselves and then, like, hearing the song in their head. I just, like, can't. And I Usually, you know, they're skipping down the street singing to themselves or singing out loud to nobody or something like that. But, like, this... Because the normal way you do this scene is that he's singing quietly and no one pays him attention. Right. Just, like, this is my internal monologue. I'm just singing because it's a song. 
Here, he's just like looking around and you hear him singing. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, it's a moment that makes the movie like one of those scenes where it's like, you got to see this movie for this. It's like, it's like the Kurt Russell thing. It's like Kurt Russell's in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like he thinks a song out loud, <laughs> like crazy shit's going on. It's very strange. So he drops off Sulin and he finds Danny and Danny's like, I got this guy who's terrible at poker, terrible at gin rummy. His name's Barney. We got a place to sleep. I was yeah. like, sure. All that stuff was weird too, is that like, um, he, first he's set up as a shitty card player, but then he's really good at gin rummy. So the guy, they didn't have the money to cover it. So he let him use um, his house, his tra a trailer in the empty trailer park that he runs, I guess, for two weeks and his station wagon. Like, it's so weird. Like that is a- And like it's Century 21, like an actual- real yeah, estate or if, maybe i don't know if it still exists but like it well, did for a while at least yeah it, it seems like a product placement kind of thing it does you know so it's like is this what century 21 wants you to see is like there's gambling going on at the trailer park maybe i don't know like i feel like this is a very big time maybe they are from seattle i could look mm, this up but possibly because like, seattle in 62 was a very happening place to be like that's when the space needle went up for the world's fair i believe yeah i never knew it was the colored like that the mariners came into existence around that time. Like, this is uh -huh. a time where, like, Seattle is putting itself on the map. Oh, right, Frazier. Century 21. I'm from Seattle, you know, Niles, and uh, I was here first, of course. Century 21 real estate was founded in 1971. Oh, okay, so it's got to be something else. It's Maybe unrelated. it's the same name, and then they went under, and Century 21's like, let's grab it. Let's get that trademark. I guess so. I don't know. Because it also found in California. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever. Ah. So go back to the trailer park. They're in the trailer park. And it seems like Elvis is playing and like writing a song to win over Diane. Like one broken heart for sale. And then this is when he walks out into the trailer park like he's putting on a concert. And everyone just stands <laughs> around and watches him and well, loves it. Well, okay. Uh, they don't just stand around watching him. They fucking join in and start backup singing. You like, know. And those backup singers are credited in the opening credits for some reason, and they're only in this moment, so maybe they're part of his real band. I don't know. This feels like the closest thing we have to a movie where Elvis is crazy, and this is all happening in his head. <laughs> I was, he's I was, actually in an infirmary, and there's a nurse, Diane Warren, but he's like singing songs to himself, and like everyone knows there's there was, the backing there, band that comes in, there's the backing vocalist. There was a plane a crash. Song. There was a plane crash, and uh, he's in a coma right now. So what I thought you were going with is this is the closest we've sort of had to everyone like breaking out in unison and doing an actual number, you know? Like everyone... Sure. Well, like until everyone, the end of this movie. Well, yes. I mean, uh, yeah. No, that like he joins a parade. Yes, uh, he leads a parade. Le yes, sorry, he leads the parade. He's the music man at the end of this. But um, it's just the concept of that. Like most of the time, the only person that can hear Elvis is the person he's singing to. But this mm -hmm. movie changes everything. Yes, everyone can hear him singing, and we can even hear his thoughts. Now, I think this is the last movie that Norman Torog does with him, but I, I wish that there was, aside from the fact that, like, he would have terrorized more women, which we don't uh, want. Yeah. I'm sure he tore, I'm sure whatever movie he did next, he terrorized a different woman. Uh, we just don't <laughs> have to talk about it. But I wish that he kept doing because, like, you get weirder with it. It does. It creates crazier. It's surrealist at some points. Which is very exciting. Yeah, they see Elvis in that. Yeah. So he's like, All right, I got to go back to World's Fair. The one of my dreams is there. I got to go back there. I got to get in somehow. I'm going to pay a kid a quarter to kick me in the shins. That's where Kurt Russell it, shows up. It, but it's not like you can't just walk into an infirmary with nothing wrong with you and ask to talk to somebody for a moment. But they do check him for proof immediately. He's like, oh, look, you do. You are bruised. And yes. like, that's a bad bruise. No. 
Yes. But, you know, he, if, if he went in and said, like, there's nothing wrong with me. I just I met you yesterday and I would like to talk to you some more. It's different than concocting this whole scenario sure. where he's like, hey, hey, Kurt Russell, you want a dime? Like, just kick me in the leg. Yeah. What a great act. I think Kurt Russell is the best actor in this movie. Kid's great. So natural. Very precocious, like 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 Macaulay Culkin esque. Like we mentioned him earlier, like like has that kind of like this kid's going places. So later in life, he was. I guess they were asking about like what was it like to act with Elvis, and he said he didn't want to do it because Elvis was a huge star and he loved him. He was a oh, fan, so he was aware. But then Elvis actually in real life paid him five dollars. Oh, to kick him twice. Great come up. Twenty-five cents to five dollars in real life. Wow! Right now, listen, Kurt Russell, you're going to go far in this world. Take so now, us five dollars. So there are four different movies wherein Elvis and Kurt Russell are intertwined. This is one of them. Wait, oh, I know another one. Yeah, he plays Elvis in Elvis. Elvis, nineteen eighty-nine. Oh, seventy-nine. Okay, yeah. John Carpenter's TV movie Elvis, which we yeah. will cover eventually. Love it. He also voices Elvis in a movie we've talked about on a different podcast. What the hell movie was Elvis in? One animated? of the most popular. What? No, not animated. Oh, you said he voices Elvis. Mm-hmm. Off screen not... a little bit. Oh, I know the third one. The third one, uh, the fourth one, is the one where they all dress up as Elvis and they rob stuff. I have, I got a copy of that somehow with, um, what was that called? I don't know what the movie's about. It's called 3,000 Miles to Grace. Yes, Land. yeah, that was the one. Okay, but what's the one where he well, voices in Elvis? In that movie, he apparently, this scene is recreated or parodied where a kid kicks Kurt Russell in the shin. Oh, looking forward to that. We'll probably cover that too. Okay, so what am I missing? One of the most popular movies of all time that we both kind of hate. Different Whoa. podcast. Because there's very few movies we've Hanks? covered for any... Mm-hmm. Hanks. I like that you're like, Joey hates a movie, it's got to be a Hanks movie. No, I didn't mean it like that, but I don't like you're a not lot wrong, of them. I don't, looking back, I didn't like What is Tom Hanks' most famous movie of all time? Is it Big? No, more famous no, than that. More famous than Big. A movie that we Forrest hate. Gump. Oh, he voiced he Elvis and Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. No shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's that's a very weird get. I mean, that must have been Zemeckis being like reaching out to Kurt Russell, being like, like "Hey, he played him, man. let's he do, do this favor? bit yeah. of trivia that people will be talking about in ten years on Viva Las Vegas, the Elvis Presley <laughs> podcast, wherever well, you get podcasts." More like Thirty years, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then he goes to the the infirmary again. He's hobbling in there. Elvis spends like twenty minutes of this movie just hobbling around. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like this movie. Should have been Elvis is a doctor and he falls in love with a nurse at, at the hospital. Story, and that's how you get there. But that's not the story they're telling. I know, I know. I'm, that's a punch down. So they say, how did you get this? He's like, oh, it was like unleveled pavement. They're like, here in the ferry. He's like, uh, yeah. And so the older, nurse, the older nurse is like, not suspicious minds. Ooh. But the older nurse is like, please don't sue us. Uh, <laughs> Diane Warren will take you home. Yeah. And so she gets in a pedicab for some reason and drives them away. And I don't know why they give the impression that she'll give you a ride home. Like it's going to be your car. And then they get in a pedicab. I'm just like, that's a weird, like, it's just like, I guess like a promotion for the world's fair, which is probably how they got around. But it just feels like this is not what I was expecting them to get around in. Me neither. It was very weird that Elvis had to sit in the back while she pedaled. And she brings him to the gate. She's like, well, there you go. He's like, oh, I'm so sick again. <laughs> like he, Elvis is... I love what he's doing. Like the faces, again, I mention this every time, but he's really good at acting bad, you know, like acting like a miss. Uh, yeah. Like not like trying to put on like a facade. Like I really love the way he does all that kind of stuff where he's like, I'm not really sick, but watch this. Oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> it's really good. 
And so she's like, oh, you need nourishment. We'll go to the restaurant atop the Space Needle. Dude, falling right into his plan. You know, like dinner and a date, like right off the bat like that. All he had to do is get kicked in the leg. I wrote down, please, let's get Elvis in space because it's only you and I both want. Space Elvis. This is close. We're getting there. When they're going up, the guy's like, hey, 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 you got to wait in line. She's like, you know, he's really sick. And they're like, all right, you can go ahead. And then they all get like bushed in the elevator and it's fine. But she's telling him about how she wants to be in the space program. She says the space arium. Space arium. And I go, and so I wrote down spaceatorium and something else. And then astronaut Elvis, please. And they're there so long that it goes from daytime to like evening and like mm-hmm. it's like sort of the, the golden hour. Like it's a beautiful night outside. Have you ever had dinner in one of those revolving I, restaurants? You know, it's funny you should ask. I was thinking about that watching this. I have a very young memory of being in New York City and they had a revolving restaurant oh. a long time ago. And I remember sitting up top and not really enjoying it because it was moving, you know, but I remember that was the first time I had lamb chops with Ooh, like the, with the applesauce and stuff or no? Yeah. Like the whole, yeah. And the mint and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very young memory. There's one of those in Toronto, not Toronto in Niagara Falls, Canada. Oh, so when we went there as a family, like 10 or 15 years ago, okay. We ate atop a slowly spinning restaurant. Uh huh. Not like a, not, not space needle high, but right, right, right. I also, when I was in Seattle for like three hours on my road trip, <laughs> I went up the Space Needle. I'm oh. like, so I took a picture. I'm just like, okay. And up and down. And left. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of that movie Chronicle a little bit and why Ooh. they didn't fight on top of the mountain that seems to be nearby that they reference in this movie a lot. That I was like, what's that? What's that big mountain out there in Washington and everything? Because um, you can see the mountain from the Space restaurant. Needle. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that would have been a more cooler climactic. Anyway. I'm looking now. I'm going to see if I can find, because I did, I kept a travel blog when I did my cross country trip on the way to Seattle. So here we go. Let's see if I can find the picture from atop. So here's the Space Needle. Okay. Take a look. There's the Space Needle from the ground. Nice. And then there was the garden, cool buildings. And then here's the views from the top of the Space Needle, which are pretty, oh, wow. pretty nice. They're epic. There you see everything. So, Joey, I found the restaurant in New York. It's called The View Restaurant and Lounge, revolving American Bar and Grill on the 48th floor of the Marriott Marquis with Times Square views. Ooh. Not quite as impressive as the views you're showing me. No. But. And then I found this on a record store in Seattle like a week after he died. We missed oh, MCA. Oh, man. The night he died, I was in Las Vegas with my friend on that trip, and we went to like a backyard DJ set and like they were all just spinning exclusively Beastie Boy songs. It was it was the best. I mean, it was terrible that he died, but I was just like, there's no better way to honor my favorite oh, Beastie yeah. Boy and my favorite band that I'll probably never see. Obviously, never see because I saw him once at Lollapalooza. Forget which jealous, one. jealous. What's that? It was good. So they're in the diner. They're in the restaurant. Oh boy, spinning around and he's singing the song "I'm Falling in Love Tonight" from their table. And you look, and the entire restaurant is watching them. Which, again, feels like this is not what would happen. This is what I'm talking about. Like, this is surreal for an Elvis movie because, like I said, like, only the person he sings to usually hears him yep. and the other person singing. But, like, he stops singing and everyone just... Is this just... surreal or is this very real? Because if, if, well, you're, yes, if but, you're in a restaurant no, well, and, like, okay. somebody else starts singing, you'd be like, yes. what are you doing? This is very real for reality. But for an Elvis movie, this is not the way, Correct. like, the world works, yeah. you know? So for it to happen was... Very jarring, but I loved it. Was so, I started laughing so hard? I was so happy. Everyone just starts applauding Elvis. They kiss and, like, and they clap. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was so funny. It's perfect. <laughs> so then 
they get up and keeps hobbling around. He's just like, uh, you know, I'm staying so far from here and you live so close. I should just stay with you. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. He's like, wait, what? Hold on. What? This is insane how well it's working out for Elvis. And I get that he looks like Elvis and he's singing to her and, you know, they're, he's saying he's falling in love with her and whatever, but it's just like, you just met this guy. Well, you know, the, the, the one guy just met Elvis and, and entrusted his little niece to him all day long. Like people just just meet Elvis. We don't know. Well, okay. But like people, my point is like, and it's happened in other movies too. I feel it's like people just meet this guy and feel like they've known him forever and they could just like, okay, I trust you. Right. But then son of a gun. Oh, he's back. Isn't he? (laughs) Kurt Russell shows up. He's just (laughs) like, Hey, you want me to kick you in the shin again? (laughs) That and was great. What a great delivery where he's like, hey, mister, hey, you want to do that thing again? No, it's I great. I some more money. <laughs> and, and then she's like, he did what? And he goes, here's 50 cents. Now get lost. And he kicks him again. And it runs off. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's comedy. That's good. That was good. And Elvis is caught. So then Diane's just like, well, screw you then. And like, it's basically, it's almost like a Tyler Marla Singer thing where like she leaves and Sue Lynn shows up. And just like, wait, hold on. There's always, there has to be one female on screen with Elvis. That's funny. And Diane leaves and Sue Lynn shows up and just like, okay, so this is, we're transitioning from like lecherous sort of Elvis to paternal taking care well, of. I can't Elvis. tell if this was like good timing or bad timing, but like, yeah, she showed, she, if she showed up like a minute earlier, she would have seen like Elvis getting chewed out by the nurse. So you don't want that to happen, but it's very like, it just feels so written, you know, like I hate it sometimes, but that's just the style. It's not just this movie. It's the style at the time. If she had shown up early, there is no better wingman in any of Elvis's yep. movies than Sue Lin. Exactly. Sue Lin seals the deal for these two. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. if she shows up. So maybe it would have been better. She could have been sweet with him. I mean, she's seen him already, whatever. But. Yeah. This is wild. I couldn't believe she was going to say this when she's like. I didn't think I thought we were done with her to be quite honest. Who's Sue Lynn? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's I thought for a second that like she was only gonna give them a ride and like that was the end of it. Like she's like, oh, there's a cute little girl. She just, you know, she was in the car and then like they they pal around and then she comes back and she's like, she's the center focus of this movie. Yep. This is the rest of the movie. So Elvis carries her home to the trailer. Oh, hold on, question. I yeah. thought what happened at the World's Fair was that Elvis fell in love, but is this what happened at the World's Fair? That Oh, the has, titular it. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to figure out. That he has I like, think it all happened. Yeah, okay. That's a better way of putting it. I think it's like the the titular what happens in Vegas. Ah, okay. So it just encompasses everything. Like, I get it. Okay. He falls in love. The, the whole experience. There's part of this where just like he should adopt Sulin by the end of the movie, but they're just like <laughs> they're like, oh no, Uncle Walter was in a car accident, but we that, found him and he's fine. He's got a bump on his head. That's so funny. It would have been crazy if they found Uncle Walter, but he had amnesia. So he couldn't like take his Elvis did have to end up. So like he's not dead. So we don't have like a dark ending, but we don't have like a happy ending necessarily. But we kind of just have like a normal like a reality ending. I don't know. It's oh boy. So he carries Sue Lin and the big red dog into the trailer. Yeah. And they're like, what you got there? And he goes, twins in like a very perfect community <laughs> delivery. That was that was it's a very very good line delivery. I love it. Um, Again, he's a good actor. He just did. Yeah, I, we could probably just stop seeing it at this point. <laughs> but in mediocre movies, to a certain extent, right? Like it's not whatever. I, I still think that he he had it in him. I mean, I think we've seen some of it in like things like King Creole and some of those westerns. He was really trying to act, quote unquote. Can you imagine? We also might have talked about this multiple times. Who knows? But can you imagine like if everything was time shifted? Like, and he had lived longer. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like he's the exact kind of person that Tarantino or someone would have been like, 
Oh, you know yeah. who's actually a great actor? Like, I'm going to put him in a movie. You're like, oh, my. I, I had no idea. So Elvis is Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now instead sure. of Brando. Mm. Like, I could see that. Do it. <laughs> Uncle Francis, that cut. Right? Exactly. The Elvis cut. So then he brings Sulin down, lays her down, and sings Cotton Candy Land, which is a pretty good song, I think. He's singing her to sleep. Sandman's coming. Yeah, They're going to make yeah, Cotton I Candy like, Land soon. I like that. But he's got a he's got a problem with proximity, Elvis. Like, I think he talks too close to, to girls in general because, like, she's trying to sleep, and he's, like, right up in her face well, trying to sing to Well, he then, like, her. walks away, and she's, like, awake. Like, I think she—, she I know, but still, like, it's... It's weird. It's bizarre. I wonder if that's just for framing or if it's for... Oh, yeah, it could know. be. But what's really funny is that as soon as he puts her to sleep, he goes and calls Diane, and she immediately hangs up on him. Like, that's the end. Like, he doesn't, like, try to pursue She's like, well, I guess she doesn't want to talk to me. And, and is that when he makes the face? He makes one of his patented Elvis faces, mm-hmm. like, goes cross-eyed and everything. It's it's amazing. And then Sulin, wing woman of the year... Oh, my gosh. ...is just like, I know how to get... Because he she hears... Elvis talking to Danny right. about how he's in love with Diane, but Diane wants nothing to do with him, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And Sulin's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend I'm sick. I'm going to have the space heater here, get my face right up next to it, going to feel sick, have Elvis call Diane yeah. and say, Sulin's sick and she needs your help. She's requesting you. Yes, and show what a great guy Elvis is. And it works. And <laughs> Diane eats yeah. it up hook, line, and sinker. When, when Sulin gets on the phone, she's like, no, this is actually me. This, I'm sick. He didn't ask me to do this. Please come over. So I want I want these two characters, Elvis and Sulin, to be like matchstick men. Like, go out and, like, yeah. do the thing and, like, you know, just grift across the country together because they're, they got like minds. I like the Elvis-Diane Warren thing here. The Elvis-Sulin is a better dynamic. Yeah. Whatever. Well, maybe it's just E with kids. I hope he has more kids in the movies coming up. We got 18 more movies. There's got to be they, more kids. They should have known. There's when, so many more movies. They should have. <laughs> whoops. Um, they should have known when, when uh, Kurt Russell and him should have just screamed, like, just make three more with these two. Like, Elvis is his dad. Elvis is his neighbor. And they do, like, a Dennis the Menace thing. And Elvis is, like, his uncle. Like, just make those three movies with these two. I would have been so happy. Can you say whoops one more time? Whoops. <laughs> So then he sings A World of Our Own to Diane outside the trailer, and Su Lin again overhears, and she sits up like, I did it. I nailed it. They're together. Plan worked perfectly, almost like she's done it before. <laughs> and there was part of me that was like, do you think she got Uncle Walter to, uh, with somebody? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. With or that, her own parent. Maybe. Oh, well, that wouldn't work. What am no. I thinking? <laughs> maybe she got them back together. That, yeah. That, there we go. You know, part of me was just like, okay, so Diane, like, this was a scam. This was a setup to get him back with Diane. But Elvis had no part in it. He didn't know that Sulin was doing this. And he genuinely cares for Sulin. And, like, that's what wins Diane over. Oh. It's, the, it's the care. So, like, it feels kind of scummy. But it's like, Elvis is actually innocent in all this. That's a, that's interesting. I didn't even think of that, that, like, Elvis wasn't in on this at all. Like, he didn't pick up on any of it. Neither does the nurse, you know? Like. Yeah, very fun. No, it's all like, and Sulin like never lets people in on what she's doing. Yes. She doesn't say at the end, like, ha ha ha, like, I got you. This is all me. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Doesn't want the credit. It's wild. Danny comes home, drunk as a skunk, wants to fight. Dude, scares off that nurse real bad. Yeah. Remember? Mm -hmm. Like, she's like, "Uh, I need to, like, I wish I had Mace right now. Yeah. It was like the look on her face. So she, she leaves very quickly. And then he's like, Elvis is like, I love her. 
I'm willing to give it all up. She's going to space. I'm going to go to space. <laughs> We're going to live on the moon together. And Danny's like, what about me? What about us? Yeah. It was the two. I want to go to space. <laughs> he will. He's going to, and much more. Yeah. You know, this is, this is where the conflict, this is good though, because you now Elvis is deciding like what he really wants. And it's like, this is, um, this is more important than whatever else we got going on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. Then Danny gets the job offer that we don't know, but if it feels oh, yeah. shady because the guy's like, "Oh, I'll take care of your twelve hundred bucks, and I'll give you a couple hundred hundred dollars." Yeah, about yeah. They've been talking about this guy the whole movie and trying to find him, and Elvis was always like put off by this guy's mention of his name. But uh, it turns out I was like, they're running something illegally. They're, they're going yeah. up to Canada. To, I didn't think it was going to be furs. I thought it'd be like booze or something, you know. Um, but furs are furs are illegal too. So while Danny's off doing that, um, Elvis is spending some more time with Sue Lynn, and we have the weirdest sequence in the movie that there's the cheer up song with the toy band that's one way of saying it i would say the song where there's clowns for no reason okay so like the nightmare fuel it's the song called how would you like to be and so you know i i I don't have the the wiki note from the last few episodes that we've had here but remember we've talked about how like they just like here's 100 songs pick 10 yeah yeah i would imagine that's probably what happened here Mm -hmm. and i wonder because there's lyrics in here how would you like to be a little circus clown how would you like to be a little kangaroo blah 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 whatever but he starts by going to a bookshelf and there's like seven wind up clowns. Yeah. And he winds them all up and they produce music. And there's like a clown. There's clowns everywhere in this trailer that like haven't been in the rest of the movie. <laughs> no. And I was wondering if like, they're like, we want to use the song he's singing about clowns. Let's just fill it with clowns. Cause like, I don't know what came first. Either way, it's insane. No, this is for Elvis uh, in the big top. This is like Elvis at the circus. He's the ringmaster. Like, this is the song for that movie, not this movie. Like, this is just misplaced, and they did the best they could to kind of, like, wedge it in here, like the wrong kind of puzzle piece. Do you think we'll get an Elvis the Greatest Showman where he's, like, the Hugh Jackman role? I want it. I want it. I want Elvis the Lion Tamer or Elvis whatever, like, do something at the circus. So then, even though he's, like, doing everything he possibly can for Sulin, she loves him, he loves her. Child services shows up. Dark. And this woman just like, Diane Warren called me. That's the worst. That's even crazier. I can't believe she did him dirty like that. And I was I was thinking that no, it was Danny like pulling well, she, us. It was Danny. No, no, it wasn't. But I was thinking it was it was, you know, and he wasn't gonna say anything, but it turns out no, like it really was Diane. No, it wasn't Diane Warren. Oh, it was Danny? Yeah. I oh, you missed it at the end? I missed That's that. why he asked the scummy guy, what's the name of the girl at the bar? Because he gets her to call. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I thought it would be more credible if it came from a nurse. I figured. Elvis says, why would you use Diane's name? Like, why, out of anyone, why would you say Diane? He's like, oh, because she's a nurse. She's like a reputable person. Oh. But he called. Why tuned out? Because, no, because there's a couple times. Man, I love. The last <laughs> movie, I was just like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not on board. Not the last movie. Kid Galahad, I'm like, I'm not on board. This one, I'm just like, I'm all in, man. Um, <laughs> I thought I was. I just No, because there's a couple times where, like, because they keep cutting to Danny while child service is there. And he's just like, mm, this is bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, you're because, like, they're like, oh, no, Diane Warren called. And he's just like, mm, I kind of look fishy. And it's like, no, because he said it, he said it I up. I thought he was, but then I missed I missed the actual yeah. scene where they lay it out for me. So, like, okay, all right, good. I'm glad yeah, that's Yeah, it was out. Lily at the bar in person and Diane, and then he admits that it sounded more official coming from a nurse. Okay, cool. All right. That is good writing that. Because you could just say, like, you know, there was an anonymous or just, like, some woman named Jane or whatever. But it's just like, no, Nurse Diane Warren from the, from the, <laughs> from the World's Fair. Fair. <laughs> Who just treated her the other day. So they take Sulin away, and then Elvis goes on this, you know, plane. And as much as I loved excited Elvis in the beginning, said Elvis on a plane is also great. Yeah. I mean, Elvis in the sky, Elvis on cloud nine. I love it. Like, 
angry, angry Elvis in the plane, whatever you want to, he's, he's crestfallen, just his world is falling apart, but it's good. There's a line I want you to explain. I think it's probably a sex thing, but he goes, I think oh. he says to Diane Warren, she's like, oh, you're a pilot. He's like, yeah, 8,000 hours in the air, 7,000 in a plane. Yeah. What's the other thousand? Is it supposed to be like, like sex or is it like drug? Like what was the other thousand? Or is it like a joke? Like, I don't like, what's the punchline? Like what does he? Uh, I think. Yeah, it's like he makes like oh no, no, you know what? Maybe I don't know. We're gonna have to ask our listeners to uh, it's, it's explain a, that. It's one a time. funny line that I do not know what he's getting at. Like it's, it's clearly it's delivered as a joke. Yeah, written as a joke, delivered as a joke. Don't know what the punchline is. I don't know. Email Sorry. can't help you there. King, I think at cageclub.me or just mailbag at cageclub.me. If you know, they land, and he calls immediately. Calls, hey, how's Susan? Like, wait, she's not with you. She oh, ran away. And it's like how. Okay, <laughs> if you're child protective services, yeah, and you're you just go pick up a girl who's supposedly in danger, mm-hmm. and within the first hour she runs away, you're not still at the office. You're out in the field. <laughs> that is a great point. Elvis, is, Elvis says everything but that. Where he's like, "Your child services. You're supposed to be yeah. protecting her." They're just like, "Oh, we just assumed she was with you." Why? What? You knew. He was like, what are you talking about? You knew I was flying around in an airplane all day. You know, you, you yeah. just took her from me. <laughs> That's horrible. That that must mean that, like, the world this is setting up is that they take kids all the time and they always <laughs> run away back to where they came from. They're like the cat, you know, it's just like it's going to come back to where like last was. But even though you suppose, like, you know, I would imagine most of the kids that this this organization takes are probably in actual harm, right? Right, right, right. So you would think that the kids probably wouldn't want to run back there, but uh-huh, they point. view it as common enough that just like, oh, she's back with him. <laughs> Cross her name off the list. I mean, because they didn't even say anything like, you know, oh, she had like an attachment to you. Maybe she, we thought that like she would try and find you. That would make sense for them to say, you know, but then they would be at the trailer park or the World's Fair. And like, I'm shocked the nurse didn't think of going back to check the World's Fair. I don't know. I no, because this was like in all of the world, in all of Seattle to go, Elvis finds her almost immediately sleeping in the car of the future. She left a note at the trailer park. Oh, I missed actually. that part. Okay. That's right. Okay. I missed that. I forget. Like they do go to the trailer park actually, but then, and she leaves a very, like, like a riddle. She's like, like, you know, find me in the place that something about the car that, remember when they saw the Batmobile at yeah. the World's Fair? It was yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. She's sleeping in the Batmobile. Yeah. Then my favorite line in the movie. Elvis is like, Barney, hold it down. <laughs> and Child Protective Services comes in, and Barney says, without taking a breath, good evening, why should I lie? I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> Barney is the sort of drunk, <laughs> terrible gin rummy player who's letting them use his trailer. Yes. And immediately, not even like playing, de- like, just good oh. evening, why should I lie? <laughs> I've got nothing to hide. Talk about having your cards on the table. Uh, I That's mean, why he's a terrible poker player. Yeah, pretty much. I like that character too. Like now, the more I think about it, like it's so obscure that he would be like, "Hey, I can't pay you right now, but I own this trailer park, and you can live rent free for two weeks, and mm-hmm. you can use my car. Just don't tell my wife." Well, that's the whole there, thing too. <laughs> wasn't there in Follow That Dream? Wasn't there? There were there were trailers there too, or they set up a gambling thing there too. Remember? Uh, yes. Yeah, gambling's come around. Gambling in trailers. Come, yeah. Yeah. Wild. Mobile gambling was that a thing in the sixties? I don't know. Maybe. You know what I saw the other day at the Bud Bus, mobile 
uh, dispensary. Ooh, wait, yeah. like weed or like Budweiser? Yeah, weed. weed. Okay. The Bud Buzz. But so like, apparently, you buy like a lighter for sixty dollars, and they gift you an eighth or something. I don't know how it works. I'm well, not, I guess they I can't sell. To, yeah, who knows? I don't need to go there. You're clean living. No, I just don't need to go to the Bud Bus. Oh, you don't need. Oh, you, I thought you were saying like, like metaphor, like like in conversation, you need to go there. But like you're talking about, like you don't actually physically need to go to the Bud <laughs> yes. Bus. Yes. I don't need to shop there. Correct. I understand that now. I get where you're coming from. So then he carries Sue Lin out of the World's Fair, and they're like running through like a water exhibit. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. Ooh, this is like a chase sequence thing. Uh, this whole chase sequence thing was cool, but it was just like this feels very like weird that they just want to show the world's fair with no one in it and i thought it was cool it looks i think think it's what you said before like they can't do it any other way other than when there's no one around yeah and it looks really cool at night with all the lights and everything going on like that so it works so then he carries su lin to the hangar they all meet back up together he's got oh that's right they go to the hangar diane warren shows up and he's Pissed at the, her. The, the gangster guy's there. The gangster guy's hiding, literally oh, hiding the shadows. <laughs> yeah, and this is when it, uh, they have to um, clear all the air and the, the laundry. Clear. Well, because Elvis goes to the airplane and he opens up the little compartment. He's just like, "We're smuggling furs. I'm out." Mm-hmm. And then this is when the guy pulls pulls a gun on Elvis. Just like, no, yeah. "You're gonna do this. I just paid this guy's debts off. I got the plane out of the, ha- the impound lot." You're going to do this for me. And then he says, no, I'm not. And he does the move where it's like more karate. He gets the gun. Before that. Oh. Sue Lin bites his finger. That's right. We got the little helper. We got the little, uh, his little uh, sidekick. Basically. Sue Lin bites the finger. The guy like yelps in pain. Danny charges him. Like it's like brushed away. And then Elvis beats him up. It's not yeah. as good of a fight as before. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty good. I also like that Elvis... Um, doesn't have to come out unscathed. Like he gets his ass kicked, but he wins. You mm-hmm. know, like yep, seems seems fair. So then, Child Protective Services shows up again with oh. the police. Oh man! And they all wind up in the hospital, and everything gets sorted out. They find Uncle Walter. He'd been in a car accident, a bump been, on the head. Oh, oh man, I love the. Uh, I used to hate it, but I mean, for a certain movie, it works so well. Is the uh, everything wrapped up in a perfect little bow? You know, like. Um, when the cops show up, everybody like gets arrested. It's like everybody just let's go down to the station. Figure and we'll, it all we'll out. Short this yeah. shit out. It's like the end of the Cage movie where they uh, in Paradise where they trapped in Paradise. Trapped in Paradise at the end where they're like all everybody in the cast is in the same room and they're like all right, we got to figure out what the hell just happened. Right. <laughs> so that's what happens here. Everything gets sorted out, and yeah. then <laughs> there's the song Happy Ending the where world's. they go back to the World's oh. Fair. Oh yeah. And Elvis and Diane leaving a marching band down like Main Street and Disney World, basically. Like, like heroes, mm-hmm. like a ticker tape parade. Like it reminded me of the Music Man. Just fantastic ending, happy ending. She chimes in. Like it's mostly a, a solo song, but she chimes in like a little bit as a duet. Mm-hmm. Sue Lynn is a little bit of a duet before. Like she's making some noises in an earlier song. Yeah. Elvis sharing the spotlight. Hey, man. I mean, it was a happy ending. And uh, it's a, a very appropriate song for the end of this. And Yeah. So that's uh, any other notes, any other thoughts about oh, this movie? Man, um, kind of wish there was a little more World's Fair, like going from exhibit to exhibit a bit more. Okay, yeah, I can see that. That kind of thing. But aside from that, I think they did a good enough job incorporating the World's Fair into the plot and all that kind of stuff. Just aside from the weird kind of like if these all these people were strangers before this movie started, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like mad trust going on i just think i don't know if that's just how people were in the old days or if Mm, that's just maybe the way that movies portrayed it but it just feels like 
especially like when it comes to relationships, right? Because it's like, we don't have premarital sex. So like, I'm gonna know this girl in two weeks we're gonna get married because I gotta get in those pants, <laughs> basically, right? Yes. And so everything happens on an expedited timeline. And I don't know if that's just because it's like, that's how it actually happened, or if that's just how movies portray it or whatever, maybe a little bit of both. Maybe. But it does feel like they do fall in love and have this adventure and that they trauma bond basically kind of yeah and and the whole thing about like hitchhiking and no one should ever do it especially in this day and age but uh when it came down to it in the past like the i always felt like you know i don't know like if you're the hitcher like the fact that someone picked you up like that's trust right yes. there's trying to be formed right so like yes. you would kind of try to form something out of that you know from the get-go so um, well, I just watched I, Showgirls for the first time and there was hitchhiking in that. <laughs> well, so that's what I mean times. about like that. If they didn't, if he didn't know the uncle and the and the niece before the movie started, like I could understand them trying to form some kind of trust bond on the drive. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it, it might not be all that far fetched for the time. Yes. So, best song in the movie is it "Relax"? Is it the Batgirl song? Oh, it might. That's my favorite. I don't know if it's the best song, but it's my favorite song. It, it feels the most like an old Elvis song, if you catch my drift, like of like his um, sort of Sun Record kind of era of songs. Sure, yep. you know what I mean. Like it felt more like this is a song I feel like Elvis would have written for a movie, as opposed to just like picked off of a list of you know yes records to to play. So now, is that a better song than "Can't Help Falling in Love," or is that still the best song in an Elvis movie so far? So I might not like it as much. But can't help falling in love is just a, just a better song, right? Like, yeah. We'll 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 maybe find a better song. But we had poor boy for one episode. Then we had lonesome cowboy for a six. Lot. Yeah. Now this is five in a row. Can't help falling in love. So like, it's gonna tie next movie, Fun in Acapulco. Mm -hmm. If there's not a better <laughs> song than that, it'll tie lonesome cowboy for the the uh -huh. longest streak. I've never seen Fun in Acapulco. Don't know what's in it. Can't wait to find out. We'll find out. Uh, so out of scale of one to ten, ten is perfect. One is this. Is, why are they happening? How forced are the songs? How forced is the music in this movie? So, I think overall, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even taking into account into account the sequence where like he's not necessarily singing out loud, um, it's still incorporated into yep. the story yep. well. Like that's a very interesting concept, you know, and I think that they executed it uh well enough and yeah, you know, he's singing to try and help the girl go to bed or trying to calm her down or make her laugh. And he's singing to profess his love to the woman over and over. And it's like people hear it and it's like actually happening to everybody else. So yeah. I think it's like one of the better versions of it. So we have the highest ratings we have so far. Wild and Country gave a 9.8, Flaming Star a 9.5, King Creole a 9, nothing else above an 8. So I think at least eight and a half yeah, nine yeah, at, least, and a half. at least an eight and a half yeah well, i was gonna say nine but we'll I'm... go eight seven five just to be safe okay that's good I, i'm happy i don't remember that. the context for any other movie so none of these numbers <laughs> mean anything well a lot of them were like you know i uh, i feel a lot of them were he, he has a job as a singer so now he's gonna sing three yes. songs in this movie kind of like it's a side gig this movie like we said earlier gets credit for not having the songs on the radio you want to sing along mm-hmm Love that it's not there. I like that he just has a guitar. Like, they're just like, he just carries a guitar around. Like, that's just the thing oh, he does. So smart, established from the very first moment to get off the plane. It's yep. part of his luggage. Yep. He's carrying that guitar around. He's got, like two, he's got like a bag and a guitar case, and that's it. <laughs> it's great. Okay. So last episode, oh Boats, boy. Boats, Boats, okay. we predicted this. So you said, Elvis meets and falls in love with a girl at the World's Fair. True. Okay. He sees her when he gets there, takes a half a day to track her down. Not uh, really, but not... 
not terrible. It's a showcase of the actual World's Fair, sort of, but it's something you wanted to have more of. Yeah, yeah. You said the B story is that Elvis is there with his younger brothers and sisters. No, but younger kid for sure, who he has to keep an eye on, yes, while chasing down the girl of his dreams. Wow. Pretty good. Wow, I didn't get too far. I said wildly far off. He's part of a traveling troupe performing at the World's Fair. He sees and falls in love with a girl there. Yes. He's going to lose at the end of the tour, and he has to decide between love and a career, which that part is not the context, but he does have to choose between the love and a career. But I also feel like that's true of every other movie, <laughs> right? So, so you were you, you did much better there. I, I can't believe it. Like, it, it didn't it didn't come back to me watching it what I thought. You no, know, this is like two months ago. Yeah, but like, okay, cool. so fun in Acapulco. Hmm. I think that's in Mexico. Is that in Mexico? Look it up real quick so we uh, so we know for sure. Acapulco is a beach resort town on Mexico's Pacific coast. Acapulco Gold. Okay. So. Oh, you know what he wasn't in this was a uh was he was he ex-military? Oh yeah, someone asked him if he flew in the Air Force and he said no, but um okay. No, he does say he was in the military for 3 years. Okay, so he was in the military in that. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think that was a, ga- a gag from He's always going to be in heaven. His character from this point on was always in the military. Um, I think so. What could this one be? So well, I, in Acapulco. I mean, there's the there's the obvious thing where it's just going to be like King Creole in Acapulco, you know, where it's like he's at a he, he, he's a singer at a resort. But I don't want to I want to pump it up. I want him to be the manager at a resort and the talent gets this is real Elvis, but the talent gets sick or rerouted and they have to find gigs. So he has to become the entertainment at his own resort. And he's also in debt. So the sharks are like swimming around him, looking for money, and he can't keep the place afloat. Um, and then he falls in love with someone, one of the tourists who comes to the resort and um, everything works out and they end up running the place together. Like she stays with him in Acapulco. That's, that feels thin, but I really, no, that, that feels like perfectly like Elvis meaty. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, this is kind of like, this could be what it is. The only thing it's missing is like, what was his occupation before working at that hotel? Like Military. I, I feel like like rusty from oceans, oceans 12 is what I'm like. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fun Acapulco. I, I think that like, I think that that could that could be the move again. Who knows? It's hard because I went first and like yeah. that's fine. It doesn't matter. I don't think I would have guessed that either. But like I, I just like that. That sounds like a good movie. <laughs> so by the way, this has the it happened on the World's Fair is a six zero on IMDb, which is much higher than Boats Boats Boats, and also higher than Fun in Acapulco, which is a five eight. So not terribly uh-huh. far down, but it's more popular. It's been seen by thirty four hundred people versus twenty seven hundred, so a little bit lower, but more popular. Letterbox two point eight versus a two point nine for this one. But it's also a little bit more popular, 2100 versus 1700. So, like, it's a little bit worse, but a little bit more popular. I don't know what that means. It's in the zone. People this is know. what it sounds like. It's an Elvis movie. <laughs> so, fun in Acapulco. I'm going to say he's a surfer. Ooh, okay. And he's a local, and he falls in love with a tourist. But, okay, maybe this is just because I just, I just watched The Heartbreak Kid. Have you seen The Heartbreak Kid with Charles Grodin? I love it, yeah. So I just watched it this week for the first time, and... It's the pink uh, VHS tape on the top there. Oh, look at that. Very, very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, but you know how, like, he goes there on his honeymoon, and, like, the rich girl, like, the, you know, Seville Shepherd and her rich parents come in, and they're like, we gotta get out of here. I feel like it's that kind of thing where he has to impress 
the parents of a rich tourist. Mm. It's also maybe a little bit of a white lotus thing where it's is like it kind of like a fire fest thing for them where they're like, this isn't what we paid for. No, 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 no. Okay. It's just that like they they don't they don't have a problem with the resort. Oh, okay. They have a problem with the fact that like he's not good enough for their daughter. Got it. Got it. And he's a surfer who just like you know lives off the land or whatever. He's got a little tiki hut or something, and he lives on the beach. Ooh. And uh, also former military, of course. Of course. And maybe a marine. <laughs> maybe that's why he loves the water. And yeah, it's just a love story about like having to win this girl over before she leaves to go home from her vacation with her family. All right. I like Elvis as the surfer. We saw him surf a little bit in Blue Hawaii, but I would love to see him like, you know, like, like I back like to the beach. beach. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Like that would be fun. <laughs> the beach bum starring Elvis. That'd be pretty good. Also, like, follow that dream where he just, like, I live on the beach now. Like, this is, you know, what we're doing. Like, that, he just, I, he's by water a lot. You know, when people ask, like, I've told my family at times, like, about podcasting, it's like, that That comes up when I talk about the Elvis podcast so much. Follow that dream. Follow that dream. Just the concept of that movie. I was like, do you know about that? Like, you could just, like, stake a claim. It's like squatter's rights, right? But, you know. And there's a couple, like, lawyers and, like. Because like, that was based on a true story, right? So that's. Yeah. So, like, my sister's married to a lawyer and I, I was like is this a thing <laughs> your sister's like yeah my brother does podcasts and he says like the follow that dream is the most popular film of all time i don't i never heard of it but he loves it he won't stop talking about it no um any riley keogh news not that i'm aware of but uh fury road's been on tv a lot lately um i did see so i do for as long as it's going to be around this twitter thing um graceland has an account been following Graceland okay. on Twitter. The official, so, like the, yeah, the location. Like the, yes. Yeah, it's okay. like official. So that's been cool. They've posted some fun stuff for the holidays, Halloween and Christmas and all that. So it seems to be pretty active and accurate and archival. Yeah, she's only posted one thing in the last six months, and it was a picture of her and her deceased brother who passed mm. away a couple years ago um, with them as kids. So I think she's probably filming Daisy Jones in the Six. I don't know if she's had anything come out, but... Daisy Jones in the Six. It's based on the book. We're going to cover it next season on Lottery Pod. All right. If you want to check oh, that out. There's a movie coming out. Uh, did you guys do on Lottery Pod the one with um, Adam Driver as the team? White Noise? Yeah. Did you read that for the show or did we, you read it at all? I've read the book twice. I love that book. Okay. I got to get it then. I got to check it out. Um, we covered another Don DeLillo book. We covered Endzone. That and Endzone and White Noise are two fantastic books that are structurally similar about different things. White Noise is more popular. I like Endzone more, but like the trailer looks kind of funky for White Noise because it doesn't exactly look like what the book kind of feels like, but I think it's going to be good because it's a Noah Baumbach, Greta yeah. Gerwig, Adam okay. Driver thing. So, yes. All right. Cool. Um, well, yeah. Um, any other thoughts about Elvis before uh, Elvis leaves the building? Oh, we got to talk about uh, what Boz Lerman said. Oh, real yes. Quick. So, I think when we talked about the Elvis movie, we talked about how there was like a, a four hour cut or a five hour cut or whatever. Mm -hmm. We did not know they filmed entire Elvis concerts with Austin Butler as Elvis. Insane. Just amazing. But like, what, what an effort. Like, thank you for doing that. So this week, Boz Lerman said, we don't know when at some point we're going to do a longer cut with the full concerts. That's going to be, I just want to see the concerts. Like just put out the concerts yeah. as like its own thing as like a companion piece. dude. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, I just, I, I do not need to sit through that movie one more time, okay? I just cannot do it. Well, maybe Robin will get further than eight minutes in next time. I don't think so. <laughs> would she watch, would she be, I guess she'd probably be more willing to watch uh, a Austin Butler concert as Elvis? Yes, most definitely. The as music opposed is... to just, he's what? <laughs> we need that drop. 
<laughs> oh no, we don't. <laughs> you know, I would. I want to see more. I there's a certain part of me like I. I love that we. I don't know if we're getting Stockholm syndrome here or not, but I feel like the last two movies, again, two two in a row, Norman Tarog, like we've liked both of them a lot. Yeah. And I like where we're going with this. Part of me is also like once this ends, we could take this anywhere and do like the Kurt Russell movie, we could do the, the actual Elvis concerts, we could do yeah. whatever. Um, but we got a lot more here, especially since we only do like one a month or so. We've got another year and a half of this just to finish the E stuff. And then mm-hmm. who knows? But it's very exciting, though. Like, I didn't, like, I've always wanted to watch these movies. I never thought I'd like them for these reasons as much as I, you know, and like talking about them. Like, yeah. I've just really, the, the whole like journey and the thing has like been a lot of fun with the Elvis movies. We just got to get Elvis to space. <sighs> space Elvis. The JFK thing, we, we have to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. <laughs> I we mean, need, we need Elvis to go to the moon, you not know, because it's easy, but like, it just, uh, they recreate the Aldrin. Armstrong thing, but just Elvis is the first one out. There's the one Charles Smith for man, one John Lee for Elvis. He's not even wearing a helmet. It's just his hair <laughs> in space, little pompadour up. Hey, man, that would be a dream. Elvis there, I mean, that, I mean, I know we're not going to get like a straight up horror movie. I know he's not going to be a pirate, but like. You don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that. But those are the three. Pirate, space, it's always kind of been for me. Well, because I think it's funny that for, we again, maybe I've talked about this. I don't know. I'm sorry. But for <laughs> the entire run of Cage Club, we're like, we, you want Cage mm-hmm. in a Western. Maybe and we've had coming. nothing but Elvis Westerns. Yeah, yeah. And, so it's and, the opposite. And a new trailer came out for Cage's Western, and I'm down. I'm very it's down. It's going to be good. So, yeah, when that movie comes out in Gen, that'll probably, well, that'll probably be, that could be the next one we do this for. So when the Cage movie hits theaters, oh. we could see that, get together, talk about that, and talk about fun in Acapulco where he's either a surfer or a resort manager. Yeah, hopefully one or the other. I'd like for one of us to be right. But Mike, I have a very important message to share with you. All right. Uh, Elvis has left the building. Excellent. So for all things, Viva Pod Vegas, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub. Don't go there. There's nothing happening there. Or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, king at cageclub.me. And come back. Just stay tuned for the next episode, Fun in Acapulco. And if you know what that Elvis joke was about. Yeah. 8,000 hours in the air, 7,000 in a plane. I think we found our second (laughs) t-shirt. Boats, boats, boats. And that line. The missing 1,000 hours. Email king at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Viva Pod Vegas. Relax. Kick your shoes off, baby. Relax. Here we are alone, relax If the phone rings, let it Just forget it We're not at home, let loose Let your hair down, honey, unwind Turn the lights down low, relax